Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half full editor. Joining me, as always, is my co host, David Weintrich. How are you, Dave? Howdy, Noah. I just got back from Nashville, so, you know, I'm pretending I'm a cowboy. <laughs> i look out for the y'alls. Yeah, there'll the be twang. some y'alls. And, you know, I was wondering about the cowboy boots, but uh, I, got spurs, I was just going to let them yeah. slide, whatever. They jingle, jangle. Exactly. And jingle. Exactly. Today, we're talking about a favorite topic of ours, rum. You know, a common thread among cocktails and spirits folks, but this kind of idea that rum is the next big category. Oh, they, they've been they've been pushing that for years. Uh, right. Rum makers and some spirits geeks is like sure. it's always well, okay, whiskey now, then rum, and the, or you know, for a while it was like well, cachaça, then rum. Right. Exactly. You know, everything was going to be the gateway for rum. Well, and I think it's sort of like uh, the life cycle of a you know whiskey expert or somebody obsessed with whiskey is that you know they drink whatever it is, scotch or American whiskey. And then at a certain point, somebody is like, here's a glass of this stuff. And they're like, ooh, this is amazing. What is yeah. like aged rum? And they're like, aged rum is the next thing. You know, it's this, it's this <laughs> exactly. calming jump from whiskey to, to dark rum. And then, you know, they're on Twitter and Facebook and whatever platform exists screaming about how rum is amazing and the next thing. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we've been you know, drinking. It. We know. Yeah. We know. Yeah. Not disagreeing like with you. We love rum. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been around. A lot of people already drink rum. The potential is definitely there for even more people to drink rum and, like, kind of climb out of, you know, for a while, like, rum was sort of in this, I don't know, its own kind of weird category. I mean, it, up until the 90s and up until the cocktail revolution, it was just almost lowest common denominator yeah. stuff. Well, it's hard to find rum without Coke, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. You it's know, true. to say, oh, I'll have a rum and, like, the bartender yeah. tell you, and Coke, you yeah. know, and they're very reaching for the gun yeah. as they reach for the bottle. Or, or the, you know, the, 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 the pina colada blender. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, nothing wrong with those types no. of drinks. And, you know, I've certainly had my share of pina coladas and... And then I think next up was sort of the mojito craze. That was you in the ad, wasn't it? That was me. That was me. <laughs> and then the mojito craze, you know, that I think kind of opened up a lot of doors mm -hmm. and, and brought rum into a lot of bars that traditionally would have served rum and onto a lot of menus, you know, uh, the – you know, the bar inside of Grand Central, the sort of secret Campbell apartment, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that was a, one of the big New York bars that opened around 2001 or so mm -hmm. too. And I remember, you know, one of their big drinks, it was a mojito and a pint glass. God knows how much rum they went through for probably for, an ounce and a half for each one of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but, but they sold a lot of ounces. They sold a lot of, yeah, they, they did. You know, as a result, we saw a lot of companies start high-end rum brands, some of them are still with us. A lot of yeah. them, you know, have gone to the graveyard of, you know, in the sky of, you know, deceased. Well, I think, I think they all kind of had a structural problem is nobody, you know, to, to, to kind of pull things up into the, into the category of a desirable 
like yeah. hotly pursued spirit. You need something collectible. You need something for the geeks to geek out about. Yeah. And I think all of those brands, the problem was nobody knew what was in the bottle. Yeah. You know, it was all, it were, they were all blends. Yeah. They were all this and that. And it was. Well, it just wasn't treated as like a real luxury item. Yeah, it exactly. It was more of like a, almost like a, like a soda or, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was uh, a branding exercise. Right. It wasn't, you know, it was more, we're going to consume this mm. now in the next you know few days and this blend your drink or mixed with a lot of juice or right. some other mixer but the idea of kind of like the sipping rum fairly new phenomenon and even in, even in the sipping culture, rums yeah. themselves were kind of hard to yeah. tell what was a good one you know right so many of them were, were heavily treated yeah and- it's true I think the tide has finally started to shift for good and for bad. Oh, I mean, yeah. We'll get into both. The good news is you're right. You could stock a whole bar with rums from all over the world. You know, excellent rums from America, and like privateers. What's changed to- now is they've all got provenance. Yes. And that's the difference, I think, is now people are saying, uh, as they did with whiskey, yeah. we want to know the producer. We want to know how this was made. You can't just give us some blend and say, it's our secret blend that we've been doing for 40 years. Everybody has to have their own flavor profile. You know, we saw this with scotch where back in the day when all the single malt went into blends, Mm -hmm. differentiating yourself from the guy next door wasn't really that important for the most part, right? They wanted, in fact, it was no, probably... people bought on price. People and, right, in bought fact, on the, flavor, but right. not, you and know... In fact, the blenders probably didn't want that. They wanted, no. you know, bulk from one area to taste like a certain thing, bulk yeah. from another area to taste like that. But once the blenders stopped buying single malt, and the single malt people actually had to start selling it as a bottle distinct product differentiating one brand from the next became... That became the whole business. Well, if you, you know, I mean, going back to Scotch... You, you know when the scotch market matured out of, like, blend competition when you stopped seeing funny-looking bottles. <laughs> because while it was all bl- right. kind of identical blends competing. Didn't matter. Uh, well, funny-looking bottle is, like, right. that's your unique selling proposition. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with rums, we're starting to see the move away from yeah. funny, like, the we have novelty. our unique bottle. Right. You know, you have you, only this bottle. It's right. like, yeah, we put it in a regular wine bottle like everyone else. You know, <laughs> not, because we're competing on what's in the bottle, not... Yeah. The, the marketing, not the branding. We're seeing more age statements, more information on the labels. Rum can be made anywhere, right? Yeah. It's not like and champagne or scotch. Yeah. It can be made from basically any base that's like, you know, there's sugar, right? I just, I, mean, I like, just bought a fabulous sugarcane juice rum made in Okinawa, and it's really good. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it, Dave. <laughs> I, not like I didn't want to try that, but that's okay. It's you'll, fine. you'll have to come Next over. time. Next yeah. time. Basically, rum can be made of any kind of sugar base. Beyond that, there are no rules. Well, there, there are no global rules. Right. There are lots of little rules. We, 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 we'll talk about that a little, yeah. too, I think. You know, every comp- every country that makes it has their own rules. Right. Now they're trying. There, there's a huge argument that maybe we can get into in a bit in, in the parts of the Caribbean about trying to get a unique Caribbean right. standard, but that's pretty restrictive. And I think it's both freeing traditionally that there's no rules. Yeah. So like you get a lot of innovation, you mm-hmm. get a lot of different styles, you know, traditionally like the rum agricole from mm-hmm. Martinique tastes nothing like, you know, almost bigger flavor. It's not that traditional Jamaican, yeah, you know, no, pot still. No, it's, it's, not, it's, the not, Puerto it's Rican. not like a molasses rum. No, it's, it's yeah. very, you know, unctuous and kind of funky. Um, and then, you know, you have rums from Jamaica that are funky in a whole other way. Well, you let's, know? let's talk about those a little bit because that, I think, is the most interesting thing that's emerging. 
up until recently, there was no sort of single malt scotch right. equivalent in the right. rum world that had been identified. People were trying to create that. Yeah. Right? Like people yeah. were marketing They were it. trying to create their blend as that. Right. But there wasn't, they didn't actually have the rum to do that. Exactly. You're starting to see a return in Jamaica to pure pot still rum. Right. Up until... 1950, Jamaica only used pot stills for mm. their rum. They, they specialized in making a heavy, rich-flavored, rich right. funky rum that was more expensive to make than any other rum. They had all these different types uh, from all these different flavor profiles from all the different rum plantations, mm. yeah. you know, all the different rum estates there, the sugar estates. And these were, these were called Marks. And Eventually, they got consolidated, so one distillery would make equivalents to uh, the the marks of many different rum estates. But nonetheless, you, you had these like pot still, really honest product. You know, I, I yeah. mean, not to say a column still rum is dishonest, but this stuff was was pretty close close to the ground. But there's nothing to hide. I mean, yeah, we're using pot yeah, still, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a pot still, and it was made from uh, molasses and uh, usually dunder, which is the leftover from a previous run, like Sour Match Whiskey sure. does. And it was a complicated stuff. I mean, it's a very, very similar story to what happened in Ireland, right? Where yeah. you have hundreds of distilleries, you know, shrink down to one or two main exactly. distilleries. Bushmills in the north is making single malt. But down in the south, you had Middleton making all these different blends. And recently, they've been producing a whole red breast and, you know, the green spot and yellow spot. Yeah, all these different styles. All of, the of pot, pot still stuff. And you see the same kind of connoisseurship and appreciation exactly. for pot still Irish rum. Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. <laughs> Irish <laughs> rum's coming. <laughs> Irish rum's coming. But Irish whiskey. But Irish whiskey is very similar to sort of the Jamaican rum story. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, absolutely. If we extrapolate out, yeah. you know, we'll see a similar uptick for the Jamaican pot still. And there, the there are, right now there are like four or five different distilleries in Jamaica making pot still rum. None of them were marketing under their own name. Uh, because that was how the Jamaican rum industry grew up. Right. It grew up sell selling this stuff abroad, where it would get blended and mixed, etc. Sure. But now the geeks are have, have proved that that's, that there's a market for single estate rum or single yeah. single distillery rum, pot still rum from Jamaica. Now you're seeing a number of brands. There are all these new brands. Uh, rum Fire has oh, yeah. three different ones from you know from one distillery. Hampton, uh, the one of the oldest distilleries has launched here in America with some absolutely spectacular uh, pot still rums just from their distillery. Yeah. You see uh, Long Pond Distillery's got a number sure. under the plantation mark. Somebody can go into a liquor store and say, I like the Hampton style, the Worthy Park style. Right. Maybe the Long Pond style isn't for me. And they can find rums marked like that. That's the, that's the beginning so, of connoisseurship. So, and also maybe the beginning of the end. Have we crossed yes. into the yes. Have yes. We, have we crossed the into part. the cons <laughs> list? It sounds yeah. like yeah. That, that was right there at the precipice yep. of good and bad. Um, that it's, comes it's together. Exactly what happened to bourbon. You know, it was like <laughs> suddenly all the all, all the uh, the interesting small bottlings are oh, gone. Yeah. Prices go up, right? Yep. All the yep. bargains. You know, and people used to say that. American whiskey was undervalued compared to scotch. Yeah. And then rum definitely undervalued, undervalued to, you know, American whiskey. I did a story a couple of months ago about, you know, the undervalued spirits yeah. that you could buy. The Haitian Bourbon Court is yeah. on there. I mean, it's like an eight-year-old rum and yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. $25 or whatever it is. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, but I that's, 
you know, I had flashbacks of writing about all these different American whiskeys. Yeah, we're, we're cutting ago. our own throats with this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you <laughs> I'm know, a rum drinker, so this is this is costing me. If you have the space and the inclination and the disposable income, I would say start buying cases of some of this. No, don't rum. do that. Don't do well, that. No, I, you should. I total. If you like, if you like. <laughs> One that or two gonna of these. End up, it's going to end up in your basement forever, and then I won't get any. Well, and I'm going to be well, really unhappy. Well, that's all right. And I'm well, going to take enough. it out on you, Noah. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, if you don't invite Dave over, then buy a case of your favorite oh, rum because you go. it's surely going to go up. I mean, yeah. in the next couple well, of years, it, or it's going to disappear. It, it, it is. Uh, the age statements are going to disappear. But we're going to also, I think, see uh, maybe some more distilleries opening in Jamaica. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, there, there are lots of, uh, there's lots of untapped potential yeah. there. There, especially in the north of the island, which is uh, the heartland of rum making in the past. Yeah. I, I hope to, I hope it actually manages to, to drive something of a renaissance in, in, in this style of and, rum. And, and we've seen that in Kentucky too, right? In oh, yeah. Tennessee oh, yeah. and around America, yeah. you know, where this connoisseurship and renaissance has led to new distilleries and yeah. more investment, which is all wonderful things, but it's also fueled the type of, you know, snobbery that usually associated with wine or, you know, yeah. fancy French watches or, you know, vintage Ferraris. These things are almost desired as an as an object, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to be gazed at, exactly, and or, not, or or you know, so you can brag that you've got cases stacked in your cellar. Right, sure. I, I mean, right. I mean, if you're going to buy the rum, I would hope that you drink it. Yeah, not, drink it. I, I know some bourbon people who have like cases and cases, yeah. of rare bourbon stacked up in their cellar for no reason whatsoever, just other than that. to say that they have it. I you saw, know, they're, they're never going to drink it. I was down in Kentucky years ago doing a book signing for my book, for yeah. the Art of American Whiskey, and. A guy bought a copy, and then we started talking, and he showed me photos of his collection. I mean, I don't. Yeah. It looked like you know, like a small New York City apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it was just floor to ceiling shelves of the rarest bourbons, and it was one of the saddest photos I've I ever know. seen it's, because it's a prison for those bottles. Right, I mean, nobody's ever going to drink those. No, in thirty years, are we going to value those bottles? Is it going to be like Beanie Baby craze, where you know suddenly the well, market crashes? I think, I, think and it, like, I think it is. You know, so the the market can drop out of anything. Uh, Any collectible. It's only, you know, it's only worth what somebody will pay you for. Exactly. And if you're hoarding hoarding it for those reasons, I just feel sorry for you. I see shades of that now in the the nascent rum community where, like this new one and, and some of the new brands and the pricing and the marketing and it's sort of tapping into that vein. At the same time, it does... Build pressure on the producers to make more, absolutely, and to open up previously closed uh, lines sure. of supply, or to find things new to the market, such as the uh, Clarins from Haiti, right. which are very interesting, very yeah. funky agricole type rums right. that we haven't had here before, except for the occasional bottle you'd buy way out in Brooklyn. 
Yeah, like the sure. one I bought from the Fathead <laughs> Distilling Company. Okay. And that stuff would absolutely kill you. Right. It was unbearable. <laughs> but that was bad Claren. Right. It was good Claren, it turns out, too. And I think we're also seeing, you know, similar innovation in terms of how people are drinking yeah. it, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, it's not just the rum and coke anymore. It's, you know, old fashions with rum. We yeah. see all types of... Oh, there's the, well, the tiki... Uh, for sure. The tiki, uh, I won't call it a trend. It's kind of a, a revival and it's yeah. moved into being a, a very happy little subculture that yeah. keeps bubbling along. And Whereas once it was its own culture and yeah, kind yeah. of trend, tiki has now just sort of become part of the overall yeah. craft cocktail renaissance. It's like a door you open up in your speakeasy and there's a tiki right, bar there. Right. And you're like, oh, that's they're fun. Like, now, like, you have to have, like, a tiki drink. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter what kind of bar you are. Yeah. You're a mezcal bar. It doesn't matter. You have to have a tiki drink. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're a yeah. scotch bar. You still have a tiki drink. And every so city has to have a couple tiki bars. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, know. They, it's never going to break out and be the dominant trend again. No. It's not going to be the 1950s, I think. But, but you know, but it does, it does bring a lot of rum out there. And uh, I, I don't know what it is about rum, but the rum... Faithful seem to be the most, how do I put it politely, cranky online, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that. like, I don't, I don't see the same types of passion, we'll call mm-hmm. it passion, and, um, you know, fights, you know, among other, at least not anymore, not really, you know, between American whiskey people. Or well, in American people. whiskey, you could fight bourbon or rye, but, right. you know, the rye people are so badly outnumbered, <laughs> even still. Right. That, you know, there there is a brand trying to start that fight again, but it's, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure anybody really cares. No, enough. no, I don't think anybody really cares. They like both. Right. And know? most of the brands make both. So. Yeah. Yeah. But the rum brands definitely seem the most pugnacious recently. Well, there's a lot of fighting about what you can call rum and what you, you know. Right. And there's a, there are, there are a lot of people who are who are agitating very strongly uh usually for things that uh their definition of rum happens to coincide very strongly with the kind of rum right. they make right. <laughs> so it's i kind of i kind of worry about that you it's know the it's the old i know rum when i see it kind yeah, of thing um, and and when i see it it's the rum right, that i make right exactly <laughs> you know? and that stuff you're making that's not rum yeah which i mean i think is it's funny to me because for so long, there there are no rules. I mean, there's technically yeah. no rules. Yeah. So, you know, for us to sit around very seriously fighting about the rules to making rum, it seems particularly ridiculous given that, you yeah, know, what I are mean, we fighting about? The uh, thing I would like to see is a simple set of rules saying where the rum was distilled, what kind of still was used, what's been added to it, and how it's been aged. Right. You know, that's it. Like right on the label. Yeah, and for everybody. Yeah. You know? But I would like that for all spirits. <laughs> all spirits, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what that's the rum not... people forget. Like, you yeah. know, like this yeah. is it's not a lot of the issues that they're, you know, very yeah, yeah, upset yeah. about or passionate. Yeah. These are issues that affect most spirit exactly. categories. I mean, and, and most spirits have solved that. Right. You know, Mezcal, they tell you all that stuff pretty for, much. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. American whiskey, for the most part. Yeah. You know, uh uh, Scotch whiskey, for the most part. I mean, part. it's a fairly simple fix here. I mean, I think... Yeah, it is. I, I don't, it's just you know, disclosure. Problem is, is that, again, rum can be made literally... Oh, I know. So, like... So, you, know, you, need, you, need, you need a country like the United States to drop the hammer because yeah. it's such a big market. And say, we want disclosure of what's in the bottle. Or, or some of the big brands to say, yeah. take the first step and say, look, yeah. we're going to disclose all the stuff on our label. Yeah. Everybody would follow suit because it's like, look, we got to keep up with them. Yeah, 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 They're yeah. doing it. Yeah. We need to do yeah. it. So, if, I mean, if they I, say, you know, we're a column distilled molasses rum, 
that's right. been aged. And some uh, of them, and, and some of them do. I mean, maybe yeah, not yeah. all that info, but oh yeah. I mean, I think the additives are the the, the sticking point yeah, for a lot. But of... If you said you know we used three uh, percent aged sugar uh, right. a, according to traditional rum right. blending methods, well, okay, you know, then you know, right. And if you said, but if you had to disclose the percentage, that would that would put the people who had twelve percent in, right. into like a, ser- a serious problem. If it, if it's like two to one to three yeah. percent or something, then okay. The problem is right now you have people like howling a lot, and, and one gets the impression that these these things are sweetened to the point of, of being liqueurs, right. which they're not. Right. There are spirits like that. Exceptions in all categories. Of course I mean, there, there are. are. There are exceptions of in. There are. You know, the whiskey category, there are exceptions yeah, yeah, yeah. in, you know, the scotch category. Yeah. I mean, there's, they may be called liqueurs, but there right. are heaps. Right. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I would just like to see disclosure. The most wonderful thing about the rum category is the diversity of rums and oh, the yeah. range. And oh, yeah. The fact that it's, it's in this day and age where basically you go anywhere in the world and it's the same store selling the oh. same stuff, no matter where you, you know, where you go. It's nice to actually go to a country and find that they have their own unique rum style. Well, they're starting to bring in rums from countries that have never exported before right. because there's a market now. Exactly. I, I've got some Mexican rums, which right. are from South Mexico right. that are just dynamite. Yeah. You know, there's one that's made from half molasses and half sugarcane yeah. juice. I think we just wrote about a Will Thompson, yeah. a bartender in Miami. That was his obsession of the week that we, we wrote about. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. the, all those things are, they're, they're so good, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And it seems so rare in this day and age that you're able to find something new in the world of spirits yeah. and cocktails. You know, like so many of the lost unicorns have been found, right? right. Brought back. Absolutely. So that this is actually something that's out there that a lot of us haven't tasted, but we still want it or that we can bring back from our and, travels. And, and so. you know, there's still more stuff. I mean, it's not a sugarcane rum, but it's, there's a, I, I put something up on my Twitter account at David Wondrich <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, about you know. how I'd like to see maple rum come oh, back. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. And uh, maple rum is something they used to make in New England and Southern Canada yeah. in the 19th century. And you can call it a rum, I think, because it's made from sap. Exactly. Which is what rum is made yeah. from. And they also used to make rum from uh, corn stalks, uh, which is another grass, you know, like sugar cane. And we saw when we were up at Whistlepig last year, yeah, last we, fall we tried it. We tried their... They are and it was tasty syrup. as it hell. It was very, very good. And you know that's that's something that uh, is worth exploring. I know a couple of small distilleries have tried it, and yeah. but there's been no, uh, not enough marketing behind it to, to sustain well, and, it. And talk about a product that really represents where it's from. I exactly. Mean, the I, I hate to use the word, but terroir, right? Yeah. I mean. I, oh, you know, the, the terroir which, of northern New, of, of New England, and, right? I mean, you know, upstate New York, right? I and, mean, if we're uh, if we're going to go all snobby Canada, here on rum, I know. I'm start throwing around the world the yeah. word terroir, but that is like actual, you know, reflective of yeah. New England, and, yeah. and is uh, something that they've been doing for probably hundreds of years, hundreds of years, since, exactly. You so. know, arguably before America was America, yeah. we've been making a rum, yeah. you know, from from maple syrup. Yeah, and so. they've been doing. You know, they've done it from sorghum stalks. They've right. done it from corn stalks. And those are all, they're not sugarcane rums, but I don't know what else to call them because they're right. made from the sap, you know, rather than a fruit or a grain. Right. So, and that's what rum's made from. So, so I, I think you could even theoretically further expand the playing yeah. field here. Just huge category of stuff. I think the box that we traditionally talk about rum is fairly small. It's it usually is. the Caribbean. It and in our earlier episode yeah. about 
really the prehistory of rum. Yeah. I mean, as you found out from your, your expert research, rum goes back way farther. Oh, yeah. All the way to like Southeast Asia. And the roots of rum are probably way more diverse. Yeah, so all these conversations old. about this is how rum was made. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like this year, last year in the 1400s, yeah. Yeah. 1500 years ago, was it really made that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. From, you know, I, you know, yeah, I don't think you, you can, you can speak for that, you know, so. So who knows? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> certainly not something that we're going to solve today. No. But um, I, I look forward to having some of your rare and fine rums the next time I come to your house. I, I will break. Don't them hide them this time. I will not hide them this time. <laughs> Looking forward to another episode of Light Behind Bars. Cheers. Cheers. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.